necessarily have an issue with it. And it would be, again, just like my personal experience. So, so you're, yeah. so you're covered. Perfect. You're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. I'd like to welcome our guest, comic and filmmaker from Brooklyn, NYC, Kenise Mobley. Kenise performs stand-up comedy around the world and recently made her late-night debut on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. In 2021, she was listed as one of Vulture's comedians you should and will know. In 2022, she performed at the Netflix is a Joke Festival as part of the taped show Introducing... Kenise worked on the BET Awards and By Us For Us, a sketch comedy series presented by Color of Change, and is currently part of the Creators Program at Comedy Central. Most excitingly, her debut album, Follow-Up Question, is available now through Blonde Machine. I better know Kenise through meeting her right now in real time. So Kenise, why comedy? Where can people get your album? What made you call it Follow-Up Question? Tell us all the things. So it's called Follow-Up Question because in my stand-up, I do ask a lot of questions. So I have a background in psychology, and I actually worked in research psychology while I was in undergrad. So I am very used to just, hey, strangers, let's get into this. Let's dig into how you guys think about it. Also, it's strange to me the reactions that people often have where they react at what I consider the part that you're not supposed to react to. Or if I ask a question to the room, they'll say something completely off the wall and I have to know more. Hence, follow up question. I love that. So does it make you nervous because that's crowd work? So does that make you nervous that it could go off the rails or do you feel pretty confident that you can guide the ship? I feel pretty confident that I can guide the ship. It's coming from a place like, yes, I am a comedian and I'm trying to make people laugh, but it is also coming from this place of genuine curiosity. And so sometimes it's so off the wall, I have to know more. And my uh, certainly my research background, but the reason I got into this, just being interested in how people behave and what they think and what makes them tick. Uh, leads me down, I think, interesting paths that usually result in a pretty good experience for both me and the audience. Yeah, that's right. Okay. What is the weirdest thing that someone said where you were like, I have to know more or like an example of something that someone would say that you'd be like, oh, you got to you got to tell me more. Sure. So right now I tend to do a joke where I ask people about uh, anticipated penis length. It's very (laughs) silly, but I'm like, Okay, so what, because someone, people often yell out how long they think sex should last, and that to me leads to the obvious question, like, if you want sex to last that long, how big of a penis are we talking here? (laughs) And just the difference in answers between the female members of the audience and the male members of the audience, and I've done shows in front of, like, a room full of lesbians and their responses (laughs) to some of these questions, so I always am fascinated just, like, diving into who takes, like, who expects a longer period of time, who's employed and who isn't, (laughs) like, just questions about, like, where you're spending your time, where you got these expectations, who has a job, who doesn't, who uh, has free time and who doesn't, who's a parent and who's not a parent. 
So just getting those answers has been a really fun experience. That's awesome. And and so do those things you have found employment, parenthood, those things have affected the answers. Yes, very much so. Uh, Age, uh, because oftentimes younger women will say something that the older women are like, absolutely not. No, no, we're not doing that. No, that's not (laughs) happening. That's a silly answer. Shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Okay. And have you ever had it where the crowd sort of in fought, like you had half the room that said one thing and the other half said another thing? She's nodding. That's truly one of my favorite experiences. Yes. (laughs) When it is like a group of people who it's often older women against younger women. And when I say against just disagreeing, but being like, we're not doing that anymore. We don't have to. (laughs) We've aged (laughs) out of having to do that. Stop. (laughs) Shut up. Your expectations are wrong. So it's, it's great. I love that. And how did your comedy morph into that style? Or did you always start because your background is highly intellectual? Did you always start with the idea that incorporating the crowd was not scary? And that was something you were definitely going to do? Uh, I definitely hmm, I, I really like this question. I when I started was already asking the audience questions. Yeah, I think in high school, I did uh, this is the dorkiest thing. It's, I was I was going to say this is the dorkiest thing I'm going to say, but that's not true. I'm going to say lots of dorky things throughout the course of our conversation. Uh, in high school, I did debate, but not just the debate that you normally think of where it's like um, Lincoln Douglas style debate where it's like you and another person uh, and you have a series of rounds where you have to give these passionate speeches. Sometimes it is more performance based. And one of the events was improv duet acting where you have to you get a piece of paper with who you are on it. The other person gets a piece of paper with who they are on it. You don't get to ask each other any questions, but you're just in a scene right now in front of a room of people and the judges, uh, and you have to go based on that. And I think that was when it was like, okay, I can play with what's in front of me. I don't know where this is going to go, but I know I'm going to get it to an endpoint, and this is a lot of fun. Oh, that's so fantastic. So your confidence was sort of honed at that time, and you thought, this is this, just this forever. Uh not improv. <laughs> um, I'm, I think I'm a little less patient uh, than I think it would, I would have to be to be good at improv where it's like, let's work with a group of people and schedule our rehearsal schedules together and have to find a place for us to do improv. Cause you can't just, it's not like an improv open mic necessarily. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so I don't have the patience and, uh, niceness to be in improv, but those skills apply to stand up. Yes, please. Let's do it. Okay. So, and I, I, I think I'm, I already know the answer to this question because it must, but, um, answer, however, it does having a background in psychology enhance or detract from doing stand up. I think it enhances. I got my undergrad degree in psychology and I worked with it's I'm not going to give the name of the place, but it's a center for social development for young people. So I would work in schools, giving them questionnaires about how they develop morality, or I'd work with kids um, looking at which dolls they prefer. We did a recreation of the Clark doll study or also a, a project on hand holding and if it releases tension and if the race of the hand matters. And so just looking at all of these small elements of human behavior, I find it so fascinating. And I guess the same thing that led me to major in that and study that also led me to on stage ask people, why on earth would you shout that out? And let's dig into this because it's fascinating. I love it. Just to go back, could you to our audience who maybe does, didn't study it, do, could you explain the Clark Dahl study? Because it's a fascinating. Oh, sure, sure. So the Clark Dahl study was done in, I want to say the early 50s. It's part of 
the Brown v. Board of Education uh, case that led to the integration of uh, public schools. But essentially, it's looking at the harm segregation does to black children and taking the taking some of that and looking at, okay, across races, we're presenting these children with dolls that they'd want to play with. And they have to make up stories about the dolls and they have to answer questions as to who's the nice doll, who's the mean doll. And we take particular, specifically black and white children and present them with a very light skinned doll representing a white doll, a medium toned and a dark skinned doll. And it showed throughout the course of the study that even the black children preferred the lighter skinned dolls, even the black children associated the darker skinned dolls with more negative characteristics based on the messages that they were getting and this separation in schools, uh, kind of reinforcing the idea that one is worse than the other and how that's uh, uh, it's pretty bad. That's it's not ideal. Not good. It's not great. Yeah. No. I just think it's a fascinating thing. I wish I I love that you know about it, and I wish more people. It, it's and they've they've since done deriv- a bunch of derivative studies of like yes. you know men uh, someone in a hoodie versus not in a. They've done all these other. So it's a fascinating thing. Everyone could go down that rabbit hole forever. I could talk to you forever about just yes. that. I find all of that so fascinating. But okay, so let's get to your album. So how long did it take you to put it together? Are you you know I know you're promoting it, but are you going to be able to keep performing those things do you consider an album burned material now what what's the what what does the album look like for you uh so the album is a culmination i've been doing stand-up for nine years and some change and the album i don't think it has anything from the first couple of years uh, (laughs) because no very different (laughs) stuff and i was certainly (laughs) developing my voice but it does have a collection of things um over the course of me developing as a comedian and so I guess you could say I've been working on it for years, but more actively and specifically working on it as an album and trying to figure out what the best order of these jokes were and ideas like how I thought they should flow together, that sort of thing. I'd say I've probably been working on it since the beginning of the pandemic. I started speaking with the company Blonde Medicine about possibly recording an album like right before shutdown happened. So truly February of 2020, we started discussing it. And then based on that and based on different jobs and a lot of other things, we came to uh, say that this summer was when I wanted to record it. I performed this hour in Indiana, in Massachusetts, in Atlanta, in a variety of places to get an idea of like how different people respond. When I ask questions, how do people respond? And it is interesting to me, of course, how it's different in these different places. Uh, I just, it's been a really fun process seeing how, okay, so often in New York, you're often given like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but how am I going to formulate these ideas over the course of an hour when I have a little bit more breathing time? It, that, I, think that process is really fun. I hope I'm making sense. Yes, you totally are rambling, but no, it's so yeah, it's, it's such like, an interesting process. It, yeah. Yeah. And I think in the intro, I called it blonde machine. I need to remember it's blonde medicine. That is blonde your medicine, medicine, yes. medicine, medicine. Okay. I'll make a note of that. Um, <laughs> that's fantastic. So how are you so excited? Are you just like, then this is your, since this is your debut. So are you just this like, debut, baby. are you super excited? Are you, are you nervous? Are you just kind of like, whatever I've been working so long on it, it has to just get out there. Uh, there's a bit of nerves. Mm. I have always been, so (laughs) I look on Spotify and every track listing has an E next to it. I've always been rather explicit and my family knows this. 
like I have, I come from half of my family is like conservative Christian Republicans who are black in the South. And so them, I just like tell them not to listen to it. I'm just like, <laughs> like I love exist. you so much. And I do appreciate that you guys support me. Uh, but this is not for you. And <laughs> you shouldn't listen to it. It's not your bag of tea. You're not going to like it. Yeah. And I accept that. And I don't want you to listen to it and tell me later that I need Christ. Yep. Uh, so... <laughs> No, thank you. I shouldn't do this. Like, yeah. I shouldn't, we shouldn't do this. Um, so there was a little bit of nerves around that. But I do think this album does represent my comedic taste, uh, certainly at a specific time. So full disclosure, I had a stroke in July. So truly five days after recording this album, I had a stroke and was in the hospital and had to like relearn a lot of skills. So I think that my sense of humor has changed a little since then based on that. Uh, but it is like, wow, the timing was great. That was certainly a snapshot <laughs> of my comedic voice at that time before this major life event. <laughs> Holy, that's such a comic answer. Like it came at the right time. It changed. Yeah, comedy. You're perfect. not like, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you're not like, got it in right under the wire. <laughs> of course, you're like, the hospital was horrific. I lost all this time. No, you're like, it was perfect. We did. Oh, good for you. Yeah. That's amazing. Wouldn't want it happened before. So I don't want it to happen, period. You don't want a stroke ever. But no honestly, asking. convenient that it didn't happen like the week of. It happened. I waited a week and then my brain attacked me. So, you know. Oh, my gosh. It, it aligned. Look at that. That's yeah. the universe. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, Kinnies, we're going to move on to the questions, which this is the favorite bit. So, folks, we hope you enjoyed your apps. We're going to go on to the entrees after a quick break. P.S. I would have asked you about the stroke more questions about that, but I assume that's like a oh, private God. thing of like, yeah. You um, can talk about it. I, really? I'm, I'm open with it. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Fun. Amazing. I'm, I'm going to go back to that at the end. We're going to do the apps or, or the entrees right now. Okay, folks, we're back. And now it is time for the entrees. Okay. Now, Kinnies, this is this. We ask the same questions all the time, but feel free to tell stories in this section. What was your first job ever, customer service wise? First job ever, customer service wise, was working at a Jack in the Box in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, for truly two weeks. I worked there. I got a T-shirt or a shirt. It smelled like fries. I remember that smell so specifically because if you're there and you're near the fire machine all the time, you just end up smelling like that grease. I remember so many meals of curly fries since you have to throw them out periodically. And it would just be like, well, this is, I guess, what I'm having for lunch. More curly fries. Awesome. <laughs> so brutal. Uh, I remember people yelling at us. I remember uh, a fair number of adults worked there, but they were adults who truly did not give a shit. And they were just like, sure. Yeah, the machine's broken. Because always the, the shake machine is broken. It's broken. It's been broken. It's going to stay broken. It, it, it Sorry. We don't have shakes now. Um, that was just a standard thing. Um, it was the first time that I think I spent time around adults that weren't my teachers. So it was just like these people have world knowledge, but also they don't care. And they're just like, bro, this annoying person's back. <laughs> like, you're like, wow, okay, cool. I'm hanging out with the adults. But then I got into a car accident and I had to. It was my boyfriend who was driving at the time. We had to miss our AP test. We were very upset, but I had to take two weeks off because like I was also on Medicaid because like my, I had a slight neck injury, whatever. Uh, but I called back and they were like, it's changed management. You don't work here anymore. <laughs> Are you joking? No. So I was just like, I guess okay. I don't have a job. That's so I'm not on the schedule. And they're like, no, everyone, it's all, it's all changed. <laughs> that is so like, wild. 
cool. So I got a job at the Chuck E. Cheese near my house. Um, it was like a couple blocks away. And I worked there for a year and a half. And it was truly, this, it was just a strange place to every day. I, I'm not a child person. I don't hang out with children. I didn't grow up with them. Uh, so every day it's just children nonstop and their parents who are very mad. And they serve <laughs> alcohol at Chuck E. Cheese. Isn't that insane? And so just like adults getting pictures of wine and being like, I'm mad about everything pizzas that truly are just like assembly line pizzas sent through like a warming tray. And you're like, sure, I'll do something about that. I can't. <laughs> yeah. You, you booked a party at a Chuck E. Cheese with four other parties. I can't make it so that everyone's celebrating your child right now. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, the animatronic machines are bad because it's a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> okay, wait. Or like, oh, crap, all the dudes, uh, so many of the guys who worked in the kitchen would just go out and smoke weed. And they were also the people who were supposed to be Chucky when Chucky would have to come in. Come on. Uh, but one time they just weren't there. So it's like, you're Chucky now. Oh my gosh. And I'm five feet tall and I think it's built for a six foot tall man. So Chucky just looks real wrinkly. <laughs> and you're not allowed to talk as Chucky. You just have to go out and wave, wave and do thumbs up and like pat kids on the head. So just like almost getting taken down by these children as I'm like trying to move in this oh my giant Chucky costume. Um, so that was fun. Uh, Wait, real quick. I, I want to go back. So how old were you at Jack in the Box? How, when did you, like, when did you at start? Jack in the Box, I was 16. 16, and okay. And I think I turned 17 and started working at Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese. Okay, so yeah. 17 was Chuck E. Cheese. Okay, so, uh, okay, so what was after Chuck E. Cheese? After Chuck E. Cheese, uh, Burlington Coat Factory. Oh, I bet you have stories. Oof. Oh, I just, my favorite, I am... Uh, people know me to this day. I love a discount. I love clothing swaps. I love like, oh, I'm part of like the buy nothing groups for my neighborhood. So I get like free crap from there all the time. I love, I love free crap. So I would, my favorite thing was to be like, I'm on the discount gun today. <laughs> Just like discounting all of the stuff. Discount, discount, discounts. And it would tell you like it's the little machine scans it and says like, oh, this whole thing needs to be marked down. So it'd just be like, Yay, this purse. Now it's all it's all 50% off. <laughs> and I just love being like, boop, boop, boop. I'm walking around the store printing out discounts, coupons, and sticking them on things. I'm the discount fairy. <laughs> Wait, if you love a discount, though, how would that, I mean, because if I had an employee discount on top of the discount, I would be like, well, that purse is, I'm going to buy that purse. So did you, did yes, a lot of. I had some of the wildest things that I, as an 18-year-old, why did I feel like I needed a faux crocodile skin red briefcase? But I had one. <laughs> I was like, you know what? This is going to be my personality. I'm going to be a business professional because I knew I was going to college after the summer. And I was like, I'm going to have a briefcase with me. It's red. It's crocodile skin. But it doesn't matter. It's my bag. <laughs> I'm walking around to class. It also, to tell you when I was in school, it was when, for some reason, we were all kind of dressing business casual all the time. And I was wearing business casual with my bag, just being like, I'm an important business lady. So, I love yeah. it. What got you out of, because Chuck E. Cheese, I feel like, I mean, that sounds like a hellacious gig. So what got you out of Chuck E. Cheese and over to Burlington Co-Factory? Had you just had it with all the kids and the parents and the whatever, and then you quit? Or what got you out of that job? I heard that. Burlington Coat Factory was offering like a dollar fifty more an hour. 
the number of times that's the answer. Yeah, yeah. it was like they were they were paying me now what is below federal minimum wage to work at Chuck E. Cheese. And so it was like, I'm not making any money here. And it's taking a lot of my time for me not to be making any money here. Um, I had been yelled at by so many parents because kids come. I worked. Sometimes I worked at the desk checking people and checking their ideas, IDs. Sometimes I worked at the register. I wasn't very good at that. Sometimes I worked just generally straightening up. But one of my favorite jobs, because it didn't require that much of you, is to work behind the counter where people give you their tickets and then tell you what prize they want. And so often, like, I was a nice cashier. Like, kids would come up. They don't know math. They're they're children. They'd be like, I have this many. And you're like, that's truly four tickets. And there's nothing for that. I would just give them the lowest possible thing, which is like five tickets. Um, and it would be like a packet of glitter that you can smear on your face. <laughs> or like, it's like glitter, like body stuff or like a little toy plastic eraser or something. And this kid asked me for the glitter and I was like, sure, whatever. And his parents came up to me an hour later, so mad. They're like, can't you see he's a boy? Boys don't wear glitter. Da, 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 yelling at me about like, I was like, he asked for it and I gave it to him. Do you want to have a conversation with him about this? Because truly I'm providing a service based on what people ask me for. And he's like, what, you did, you didn't know that he was a boy? And they did, 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 did. And I was like, good for you. How are you raising your child? There you go. I don't know. So, someone should come in because if you're this mad about him asking for and receiving glitter, what other things are you freaking him out about that he's going to have to deal with? in 10 years time when he's hopefully in therapy come on or probably ruining someone else's life based on these ideas <laughs> come yeah. on that's right that's right yeah. Yeah. yeah and it that's i mean what are you gonna have a gender dialogue with the child who like also is allowed to like glitter regardless of his genital that's yeah. that's horrific it, it wasn't gendered glitter it didn't say on the little it truly looks like a ketchup packet full of goop filled with some glitter bits and kids loved it of course but it didn't say four girls on it so go away what what city was this in was this in new york charlotte north carolina oh you baby. said that that's right it's okay. in the south yeah okay yeah. charlotte NYC, or nc okay so did you run into that a lot where parents would come to the prize booth and be like, uh, my child had 500 tickets and you're like, your child had 10. And then, yeah, your child, there weren't that many disputes. Cause there was, uh, I think a machine where they could put it in and they would have like a little a ticket counter. that said it so that I would be like, I'm not dealing with that. Or like someone would come with like a bag of tickets and be like, I want the big thing. And it'd be like, I'm going to point you towards the machine that does that because I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, my job is not to sit here and count your tickets for you. You can present me with a coupon that says how many tickets you have, and I'll give you whatever you want. I don't care. These things are worthless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, sure. But, like, I'm not going to – I'm not counting this. Good for you. You seem like you have good boundaries around that stuff, and you don't get sucked into the vortex of, like, oh, yeah, I'll do whatever. Good for you. Because then, well, then that would mean, like, 30 other parents mad at me because if I'm counting the tickets, I can't be giving their kids prizes. So it's like, I can't do this. I can't. Did, did management have your back when you would set, when you would be, like, you know, direct and say, okay, cool, well, the machine's over there? Or would management expect you, if they were behind the booth with you, would they expect you, like, no, 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 don't send them away? Like, they were okay with you doing that? That's they were awesome. completely okay. I also think, now that I'm looking back on it, management was a 26-year-old who used way too much gel in his hair and could not, like didn't really care <laughs> like, I, at the time I was like oh this is an adult this is a grown-up but now I'm looking back at it and I'm like 
that was also kind of a child. <laughs> I mean, the, the just thing like running this business. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Looking back, I, I would just be like, here's some extra tickets. Who cares? Screaming. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, a round of pitcher wine for the, for table, the table on us. It's funny because looking back at a lot of those jobs, you do think as a teenager, you're like, oh, these adults are so wise and they're so much older. And it's like, they might be four years your senior. <laughs> like, yeah. You're like, oh, you don't know anything more than I know. You're just a little yeah. bit older. Also, your big aspiration is that you're going to become the manager of several Chuck E. Cheese's. Like, I, I'm not saying that's a bad job, but that's where you're thinking. And I don't think I'm making decisions to lead to that. That's not where I'm aiming for. Yeah. And so... I think we may have different sets of expectations here. Sure. Okay. So after Burlington, so you do Chuck E. Cheese for a year and a half and then Burlington Co. Factory is offering you a measly dollar fifty more. And so you're like, well, yes. my time is better spent That's over perfect. there. Okay. Yes. And so what were you, were you hired as like a sales associate at Burlington Co. Factory or? Sales associate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then how long did you last there? Uh, four months. Cause then I went to college. Oh, Okay. Yeah, it was just like a summer job and then went to college, came back to Charlotte and worked. I worked at two jobs. I worked at a pizza place where the big draw was that there were TVs at your table. And so people would ask me a lot of questions about remotes that I didn't know the answer to. And I would just like tell the person who could handle that to go over there and help them. But it was just me taking orders for pizzas putting them in and then carrying the pizzas to their table. And they liked that I had worked at Chuck E. Cheese because they said I had pizza experience. I will die. I will die <laughs> on your resume. It's pizza, pizza experience. experience. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Okay. Oh, and I also at that time worked at, Oh, this is around the same time. I worked at life touch studios oh, for the, the place that does the, yes. Uh, yearbook photos yep. but for kids who like miss yearbook photos or want to do packages or something like that they have a studio where you can go and I worked at the studio there and it was never angry parents but it was kids who were like I want to look like this and it's like honey that's not you and that's okay and you don't have to look like that but you're never there's nothing that I can do to make, to you. make you look like someone else because you are you I can make you look as like I can enhance the things that you want to accent or accentuate the things that you want to accent. I can do all of that, but I cannot make you look fundamentally different <laughs> than you are. are. And that's fine. You look great. In fact, <laughs> half of my job is telling you, you look great because teenagers are this weird blob of nerves and self consciousness. Yeah. And so you just half of the job is no, like we're relaxed. We're fine. No one's judging you. It's totally cool. And like getting them to just like, not like tense up and be like awkward balls of that and just be people in a photo just chilling out. I love it. And did you, was that in a mall or was that like a freestanding lifestyle studio? That was a freestanding thing. It was, I saw planet earth because they had that on in the lobby when you would like wait for your photo session. Um, and sometimes you would like go in there to meet the kids or you'd have to sit there and have a conversation. So I saw planet earth that summer so many times. Wow. Yeah, it was just planet Earth back to back constantly. So I saw all that over and over and over. Beautiful cinematography, but it was a lot <laughs> to just see planet Earth. 
over and over and, and over it. again. Ugh. Yeah. And it's interesting though, that you said that kids are not sort of part of your orbit, but you're doing a lot of things that are involve managing high strong, yeah. like highly stressful situations with kids. It's not like you're like, Oh yeah, I was a tour guide at the museum. You're doing things that are like highly emotional and that kids would be so excited about and parents would have opinions on like, what is it? Do you have a story of like interacting with a parent that was just epically terrible that you can think of? Outside of the, getting yelled at for giving getting kid a kid glitter, I no honestly, the kids were nice, just awkward, and the parents mostly in these other things stayed away. Like at that pizza job, it was just the pizza job. Uh, working at a place where I just truly carried pizzas from a desk to maybe 30 feet away were tables. And I would go boop, boop, and I'd drop it off and they'd be watching TV. And it was like, why are you here? <laughs> if you wanted to watch TV, why didn't you stay home? <laughs> yeah. But, it's like the novelty of watching something somewhere else. It's such an odd, I guess. So how, cause you, you do some jobs. It sounds like that have a lot of repetition and it's a lot of saying the same thing, doing the same thing. I've always said this about anybody who worked in fast food. I have the utmost respect because how you keep your brain, like, yes, I know you only lasted there two weeks, but like, even for two weeks, I just feel like, how do you keep your brain from going to insanely dark places when you're like, and fries out of the fryer and fries in the fryer and fries out of the fryer and fries in the fryer. Like, I don't, I could, I, I just don't know that I wouldn't just become homicidal or suicidal within the first couple hours. I think for me, given that that was my first job, I was so nervous. Oh. And if I only had the uh, nonchalance that I have now where I'm like, this truly doesn't matter. Like, or <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. It's fine. If these people have to wait, sometimes people have to wait at fast food places. It's fine. Uh, but I was just so nervous, like, okay, do the thing and then put the fries in here. Okay, do step A, then step B, then Aww. step C. Do you sure you did that right? Okay. And then I was just like kind of like checking myself constantly and then asking adults for like adults truly two or three years older than me. But I'd be like, okay, how, do you have strategies for this or da 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 So I was probably terribly annoying to work with <laughs> because I was constantly like checking everything and like, trying to make sure that things were okay and like unsure of myself. Sure. Um, so I think just the worry, the constant anxiety took up a lot of that time. <laughs> um, yeah. In it, Chuck E. Cheese, when it was a lot of repetitive things, I honestly, I would bring my school books and put them under the check-in counter <laughs> and I would check students in, but I would also be looking down and like reading about statistics or reading about like ecology or something like that and just be like, taking my notes, reviewing my notes, uh, being a big old dork. I was going to say, I bet teachers absolutely lived for you though, because you were excited to learn and you were any, it's, I'm so envious of people who in their free moments are not like, you know, just screwing around that you're like, okay, I have a, I have a crisp 60 seconds. I'm going to read about quantum bullshit or whatever. Good for you. That's impressive. I think that used to be the case. Now I, <laughs> Now that I've discovered phone games phone. and social media, yeah, it's like... Forget it. Oh, my brain used to do stuff. My brain, like... <laughs> there's the meme that's like, this can't be the same brain that used to do five classes a semester, get all A's, work an after-school job, do this, do that, do this, do that. Nah, man, now I can't do any of that. Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> that our attention spans are what they are. 
last bits of jobs that we were talking about, like you, you have the energy to do all of these things because you're, you know, you're motivated to be in school. You're like, you know, I know I'm not going to be in customer service forever. Cause you had said, you know, like people at Chuck E. Cheese were a spot. Some of your management was like, that was their, that was goals. And that was not yeah. your goals situation. So was there, a, was, was there a moment in your trajectory? Cause you had said before we started recording that your customer service is a distant past for you. God bless. And I'm very jealous. Um, so <laughs> was there a moment in your trajectory, you know, sort of during college or post-college where you were like, and now I don't have to do customer service anymore? Or did it just sort of melt away naturally? I think it melted away more naturally. Uh, so I, at a certain point in undergrad, my friend was talking about, I think it was the 48-hour film festival. And he's like, it's really hard. You have to think of, like, you'll get a few elements. And based on that, you have to think of a story in a particular genre. And, like, it's harder than you'd think. And I was like, oh, well, you do this story or you do this story. And I was just, like, thinking of, like, different stories that could incorporate all those elements within different genres. And I could do that really, really quickly. And he was like, Kenise, in the last five minutes, I've seen you be more enthusiastic and interested than I've ever seen you be about I was majoring in psychology and history at the time then I've ever seen you be about those two topics maybe you should do something about that and so I I had truly never thought about it uh, but then I reached out to different film schools and I ended up going to film school so I had film school and internships and then oddly enough startups and then the startups do kind of contain some customer service because it was I worked on the sales side because probably working those jobs did prepare me to speaking with a large volume of people and reacting to whatever it is that they're coming with and then moving on from there. So I worked in sales at an art startup. I worked in sales at a bakery. I worked in the sales, uh, a sales consulting company. Uh, I worked at the, it ended up being sales and HR. And then I worked in HR and office management because I had to just get people in and out and order a bunch of things and talk to a bunch of people to make sure things happened when they said they were supposed to. So now that we're having this conversation, I am realizing that those jobs, even though I didn't love them, probably prepared me to do the jobs I ultimately went on to do quite well. So yeah. Yeah, that's a it's a hard thing to to compartmentalize how everything informs, especially when you're in it and you're like, I don't want to be doing this another five <laughs> seconds. But you're like, I got to just keep going. It's hard. We've had previous guests on the show who have said, oh, yeah, you know, I use that time to do bits or to write or to whatever. I was so mired in hating the jobs that there was no space to be like, no, I'm going to be creative and cute and fun. It was like get me out of here. So good for you that you have the perspective of how it helped you. Um, what was your, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong at the time I was like looking at the clock, like, yeah. okay, it's eight more minutes, It's eight more minutes. I can do this for eight more minutes. Oh, that anxiety yeah. is so specific. Um, what was your favorite job of all of the customer service jobs? I still, ca I count comedy as customer service, but obviously we know that's the best shit it, ever. It's so, different. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just different. Yeah. Uh, probably honestly, even though it was nonsense and silly, the senior yearbook photographer. Really? <laughs> like, cause yes. Cause even though it was an, also I, at this point, I think I had taken some classes, um, at college for photography, um, but it was like, okay, we've got to get this person a little bit out of their shell so they can be comfortable having their photo taken. But also this is a, an interesting challenge 
for, based on my photography skills. Like if we want to achieve this type of lighting, how would we do that? If we want to achieve this type of background or just this aspect ratio or not aspect ratio, but like this uh, relationship to the object in the foreground and the background, if we want to incorporate these two people, what's the best way to do that to suggest a relationship? Like I loved figuring that out and working with them to figure it out. And we weren't supposed to let them see the photos as we were taking them, but sometimes like getting them involved and being like, okay, so right now I'm seeing this and this element a lot and it's kind of creating this mood is this kind of what you're going for or what other elements would you like and having those conversations with uh high schoolers I was not that far out of high school but having those kind of conversations to create some pictures that these people never thinking about these photos I know that but that meant something to those kids at the time and that was really fun yeah, that's a really, that's rewarding. So that was your favorite. Yes. What was your least favorite of all of those customer service jobs? Least favorite had to be Chuck E. Cheese uh, because I wasn't getting paid very well. And that does have something to do with my happiness. <laughs> but also that instead of ever saying, actually, your kid can get whatever your kid asks for, because that's the thing. The manager would just be like, we're just going to apply you with free drinks or free pizza. Please stop being mad at us. Um, but would also be like, uh, hey, it's your job to clean out the salad bar. And you're like, what? And it's like, has anyone cleaned this out in a while? <laughs> like, Just a bunch of small things where you're like, this isn't, this doesn't feel right. And I don't feel like a human here exactly. I feel like a machine part that you want to work better, but not necessarily a person that you have to actually like, why are we doing this? Or is there a better way of doing this? Or any of those things. It was like, you were a cog, just be a cog. Oh, the, the dehumanization is such a specific element. Yeah. That yeah. Would, yeah. Did you feel as though, were there sort of corporate metrics because Chuck E. Cheese was a corporation Were there metrics of you have to give out this many prizes or this many pizzas or dance this much or blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> um, because you could turn in tokens, but you can also just pay the difference to get the oh, I toys. About I that. think they were like, you're not like, why isn't the toy stand making money? Because <laughs> I'd just be like, eh, you're a couple short, whatever. Or like, you can't get that. But if you go on Amazon, <laughs> like <laughs> if you go somewhere else, you can buy this for pretty cheap, you know, like. Yeah. So I don't think I was making enough money at the toy stand, but. That is insane. Yeah. It's like, this is for kids. That's crazy. Um, yeah. How many customer service jobs would you say you've had total? Um. Jack in the Box, Chuck E. Cheese, Burlington, Photography. Oh, the other pizza place. <laughs> I always forget that other pizza place because it went out of business soon after. Because, yeah, people, I think, were like, why would I watch, watch TV, TV here yeah. if I, I would just go home? Like, you guys deliver, but you charge more than other people because you have this weird TV, TV. thing. Also, I can hear other people's TVs. It's weird. <laughs> so, it's such a weird concept. Such a yeah, they were really trying with that one. They were like, "This is going to revolutionize pizza <laughs> eating out." <laughs> yeah, uh, so five. Okay, five total. Okay, and um, what's the weirdest thing you've been asked to do whilst on the clock? Definitely dress up as Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. That was that had to be the most yeah. surreal. Just like trying not because I'm only five feet tall. I can get taken down if a group of kids tries hard enough. Yeah. And so just like a group of kids rushing at you and they're like jumping and kind of like pushing you and hugging you. And you're like, should I even be touching kids? This feels weird. And then like hugging them and being like, also, 
when was the last time this suit got cleaned out? And like, that's what I was going to ask you. Did it have a particular odor? Just like teen sweat. Yeah. Yeah. Just that's, so. that's it's hard. Not like work. I think they're running through the washer machine often. No. And like, there's lots of weird surfaces and crevices in there to gather bacteria time. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, yeah. So. I think that's uh, that's up there. I agree with you. <laughs> uh, did yeah. you ever get bum rushed by kids? Was there ever a moment where you fell over as Chucky? I didn't fall over, thankfully. Okay, good. Uh, thankfully, I stayed up. But you're not allowed to talk and just being like, get back. Oh, <laughs> like, God. And they're not thinking that, that, like, if your hands are up, they're, they're like, like, high, high five. five. You're just like, get, get, get back. out and of my face. So like, Chuck E. Cheese is, like, you can hear the parents being like, Chuck E. Cheese looks a little short, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, shut it down. I'm, I'm trying my best. Yeah. Okay? I can't change my height. people didn't show up. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> the cooks are outside getting high. I can't do anything about yeah. that. Uh, exactly. Was there ever an incident? I mean, I would imagine the the glitter family may have done this, but was there ever an incident that made them ask to speak to your manager where they were like, "Nope, I'm going above your head. Somebody else, get over here and get me X." At any of Several the jobs, people do that, but not necessarily. Like sometimes it's because I was a little bit slow, but because they demanded discounts or like uh, freebies or all this other thing, and they think that speaking to the manager will make that happen versus like. This is the price of, I'm not saying this is a fair price, but this is the listed price of the thing that you asked for. Um, so here we are. Like you guys drank three pitchers of beer and are surprised that like more pizzas were ordered, but you asked for more pizzas. So what am I to do? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's right. You don't remember doing that. And when you get drunk, you get hungry. So you get more pizzas. Like that seems like a you problem. <laughs> and Huh? I don't know what to tell you. Like, so you would just say yeah. like, cause you'd hand them the bill and they'd be like, what? We didn't order 17 exactly. pizzas. And you're like, yes, you did. Yes. Oh, that's you did. Uh, I have, now we have a computerized system. I have a record of this. Uh, it's all in one place. And I understand that you're just trying to show your family a good time and how dare we did it. Da, 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 da. But it is like, that's literally what this, that's the only type of people who come here is people trying to show their family a good time. And I'm sorry if your kid didn't have a good time, but we can't promise that. Like we can't promise happiness. <laughs> and hey, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> or like not, I'm sorry. Cause that would like, you can't ever confess to guilt that is not your own. But like, I wish that you had had a better time and I appreciate the concerns that you have. But this bill is this bill and you do have to pay it. So. Yeah. And here we are. Like, yeah. Um, did you ever have anybody get like sloppy drunk there at Chuck E. Cheese specifically? Yes. yes people got sloppy drunk there. And like they'd, <laughs> they'd have their kids and they would just be like messy. Yes. What would you do? Would you and let them like, drive home? Not driving home. Oh, my but God. But you can buy pitchers of wine. So, yes, some people are drunk and they're yelling at their kids. And I'm doing a southern accent because it was in the south. But, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's terrifying. Um, and was what was the last straw that got you out of Chuck E. Cheese? I know you said that Burlington was offering more money, but was there a moment where you were like, flip a table, burn this down, I'm out? <laughs> um, I tend to try to follow the rules and mm. do a good job. But they were like, you're doing too much studying while you're checking people in. And it was like a Wednesday afternoon where no one was there. And it was like, Nobody gives a shit that I'm occasionally looking down to read for my AP bio thing. Like, I no one cares. 
And I don't care enough to continue doing this. Yeah. So why are you giving me a hard time? Like, yeah, this also like, I understand that this is your baby and this represents what you want to do with your life, but I do not want to do this for a second longer than I have to. And I look forward to not seeing your face the second I walk out of here ever again. <laughs> ever I'll again. never see you again. <laughs> okay. Um, and how did you ever have any kids barf on you or like bleed on you or did anybody at any of the Ooh, jobs? Thankfully, no, those substances directly projected onto me, but ball pits, at any establishment are disgusting because a kid has definitely vomited in them. Um, and it, hopefully not that day. And hopefully things have been wiped off, but it's a ball pit. There's a limit to how clean you can get it. Uh, so yeah, watch, watch it. Also, if you're eating at a salad bar at a children's institution where there's a sneeze guard for adults, but not a sneeze guard at the level at which children reach for things, know that there's cross-contamination. Um, and I, if you had food allergies, would not necessarily eat at a food bar, at a salad bar with one of those items because uh, handles are mixed around. Someone will put something on their plate and decide they don't want it and scoop it back. It like just watch out. And while we try, we hope that everyone has good sense around that. Uh, common sense is not common, <laughs> and some of these people don't know, and they behave in a way that you would find horrendous and so you know watch out is what I'll say watch out yeah and did you what was the procedure you said that it didn't happen on your body but what was the Chuck E. Cheese like standard procedure if a kid barfed or peed or something in the ball pit uh you get all the kids out of the ball pit for a second and say it's closed for a second and then truly just wipe up as much as you can and then like There'd be some like mop, but it's not like they take out each ball and like individually clean it. Where would they put it? Like, what would they do with it? Oh, I regret asking. Oh, Lord. I am sorry. I, no, I'm that's... There's not like a ball washer machine <laughs> they have in the back. So oh. you wipe it up as best as you can. And that's but... a wrap. Ooh, why? Ooh. Okay. Yeah. And it's a Chuck E. Cheese. The bathroom was constantly having accidents because kids don't they... know how to do stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. That's, that's life. Um, were you ever fired from any of these jobs? That's a no. Kind of jack in the box simply yeah, by dint of like not going and then they were like, you don't work here anymore. Yeah. And you're like, but, cool, I got uh, in a car wreck, so fuck you. But but other yeah. than that. Everything else, I think I quit because it was usually like you're going back to school. You work until you go back to school. Yeah. Sure. Okay. And then last question in this section. Um, can you think of the worst customer that you ever interacted with? Glitter families off the table or an archetype of who would be the worst type of customer to have to deal with? Yes. <laughs> uh, at Chuck E. Cheese, a Southern mom who doesn't want to pay for anything is the worst. Yes. A Southern mom who's just indignant if you question, like, well, you got this much, so you have to pay Pay this this much. much. Or your kid did this. Or literally, your kid's, like, attacking kids at another birthday party. Can you, like, get this? uh, Like, if you guys don't get this child under control, we are going to have to ask you to leave because... We can't have assaults happen here. Oh. And just the indignance of like, it's, oh, we're just having a nice time or I already paid for food or this or that. And just the level of like, especially a, a young, like, and I, I look my age now, but as like a 17 year old, I probably looked 14. And like having a young person just be like, 
um, ma'am, you can't do that. Or like, hey, we need you guys to leave. Like having to ask people to leave the... You're questioning my goodness as a white Christian woman, and how dare you? And you just bye bye, bye bye. Please, I can't. I don't. This I don't get paid enough to deal with whatever this thing that this you is. think I'm saying is. I can't, manager. You take care of this because I'm going to the back. I can't. I'm not. I'm not just going to get yelled at by this woman until she leaves. Well, I'm a little bit floored that you would have been or anybody in your age bracket would have been the initial point of contact of a ma'am, you got to go or I'm going to enforce the rules or something like I'm a little bit shocked. And I've heard this before from other people at other jobs who they were the first sort of line of defense. And it's like you're having, you know, 15 to 18 year olds in this like that realm of enforcement. It's like it's more so. Yes, you're definitely not paid enough but also no woman in her crisp mid 40s who's got six kids and like is just mad at the world she's not going to be like oh okay thank you so much Kenise. i'll just walk out this door right here thank you so much i have to bring the pizzas out and put them on the table and then be like hey uh your guests are disturbing the other parties is it possible to and like nope 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 that doesn't go over well. Yeah. And there's no way to enforce it because they know you're, what are you going to strong arm them and get them out of no. there? Like only I, I remember as a kid, Chuck E. Cheese didn't used to have, if memory serves, they didn't used to have those little, uh, like you, if your mom walked in with you, your mom wore a purple bracelet and then you, the kid wore a purple bracelet. Cause you're like, okay, wait, I need mm. to find the purples. And then there wasn't the, if I remember correctly, there wasn't the turnstile. It was just every anybody in, anybody out. Did oh, that yeah. exist? Now, the, the, when I was working there, there was a turnstile because it was like, we have to control the flow of traffic here. Maybe too many kids got snatched and they're like, we need a clear way of showing who's doing what, where. Yeah. Yeah. Which good. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it for that section. Oh, wait, real quick. One more question. Did you get tipped sure. in any of these positions or were they like, would they tip you at Chuck E. Cheese for bringing the pizzas or anything? No, that's horseshit. <laughs> I'm like thinking maybe one time somebody tipped me, but it felt, it feels bad to take tips from very drunk adults. Yeah. Uh, because you're like, are they going to remember that they gave, like, I don't think they meant to give me a 20 for this. Okay. Uh, but uh, mostly no, and certainly not at Jack in the Box. And at the pizza TV place, no. And yeah. Not a thing. That okay. wasn't a big part of it. Okay. Well, folks, we hope you enjoyed your entrees. We're going to move on to the good stuff. We hope you saved room for dessert. What is the nicest thing a customer has done for you whilst you were working? I'm trying to think of a specific incident. I do like it that because you are a, like, you look like a 14-year-old child, sometimes other adults would step in if there was an issue so that you didn't, like, so maybe the wife is the the drunk one and aggressive. Sometimes the husband would be like, okay, we got to get this under control. (laughs) Or, like, somebody, like, another person who was attending Chuck E. Cheese or even the pizza place if they were like how dare it take long to make a pizza and you're like it's an oven like what do you expect <laughs> but like it's enough someone else would be like ma'am we're like da, 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 da. or sir I think like you did it like someone else would usually like not usually but sometimes when someone else would step in to be like 
there's a way of behaving and you're behaving wrong. <laughs> like yeah. that. I appreciate that. So it just felt like, whew, well, thankfully I don't have to deal with whatever the hell just happened here. So that's so yeah. right. That's no, I've never, no one's ever said it like that on the show before. And I agree with that. If someone can have your back in a situation that is clearly out of your depth, that is a really, especially if it's another customer that you're like, Oh, you are yeah. paying attention. You get that. This is terrible. That's lovely. Yeah. Okay. Um, what is the best time you have ever had at work that you can remember? And again, comedy doesn't count because obviously. Yeah. I was like, cause that's just fun. Yeah. Um, I remember there was a, this is, this shows you who I was as a high schooler, very artsy fartsy up my own butt, whatever. <laughs> and into the life touch studio came a kid who was also clearly like that. And like very down to do like artsy, weird photography. Like it was, I remember very clearly she had like this crazy big haircut. She had like bright orange hair, but it was like super curly and very big and like oddly shaped. So she almost looked like a cartoon character. And it was like, all right, this kid's cool with like, let's get weird. Let's do some crazy angles. Let's do shadows. Let's do like film references. Let's do this. And like to be able to play with someone who was like down to be weird was really, really fun. That's a really great answer. And I would totally agree with that. Um, what is the best lesson you have personally learned from working in customer service? Some people can't be reasoned with and you can't nice guy your way out of some things because some people don't want to be nice guy. Like I think sometimes, especially as a woman, my impulse is to, I'll just be very nice and sugary sweet and kill them with kindness until like they realize that they're being bad. But some people aren't going to realize that they're misbehaving or overreacting or misconstruing what you're saying because they're doing it intentionally. And very little that you can do can calm them down. And in those instances, recognizing that sooner rather than later so that you're not wasting a lot of your time and just getting them matter because sometimes that just makes them matter and more unreasonable and a bigger issue to deal with. Yeah. So just being like, Hey, I feel like we've reached a conclusion to where we can get to by chatting this out. I need to go get somebody else because at this point, even my face, they're going to tell you the exact same thing I'm telling you, but even my face seems to be irritating you. So I'm going to go get somebody else. You can talk to them. I'm going to help customers. So this doesn't slow down the entire process and make it so that the whole business has to focus on this issue right now. That is such a flex in the most respectful way of, you know, you totally put your ego aside and you're like, cool, I know there isn't actually a resolution possible. So instead of losing my precious time and energy on this, I will excuse myself. That is the most mature flex of all time. I would, I need more of that because I'll stay in it. I'm like, I will prove my point. And you're like, you know what? There's no point to be you, proved. <laughs> there's no point to be proved. Also, I'm not going to what are you going to go back and change your whole life? What do you, what do you, like if I convince you that you're wrong about this, you're suddenly going to treat your kids right. And like, uh, you're right. I did uh, probably ruin uh, these relationships. And suddenly <laughs> this isn't the blind side. This isn't one of those movies where this person has like a single interaction. And then suddenly, you know, they're nice to people after being shitty for 20 years. This person wants to be mad. I'm going to let them be mad at somebody else so that we can keep this moving because we don't have time. I'm sorry. I don't have time. You don't deserve another second of my fucking life. And I'm not going to do that because you have something else going on and I'm not a part of it. Goodbye. Yeah. I am crying. That is the best. What are they going to go and change their whole life? 
<laughs> no, ma'am. They are most certainly not. I'm crying. Yeah, that's that not like, oh, I was treating my kids terrible and treating them the wrong things and uh, using the Bible as a weapon with which to hit other people. But no, that one cashier at Chuck E. Cheese Did it. changed it all for me. And now I believe in rights for everyone. And my kids uh, are able to respect their individuality. No, that's not. I can't do that. I'm not going to do that in this moment. That's yeah. not how that's going to happen. Yeah. So so you, you're right. Boys shouldn't have glitter. I'm walking away. This is ridiculous. Bye bye. It's <laughs> amazing. I'll, I'll wink at the kid like wear as much glitter as you fucking want. Yeah, I hope all day. I hope I you're I hope you're wearing glitter right now. Wear, I hope you're wearing so much glitter right now that you look like a walking pride parade on your own. <laughs> I hope that the way that you are flamboyantly gay and proud of yourself and feel like love within your heart for other people is so strong that your parents just feel small in comparison. I hope that you get to live your truth every single fucking day. But I, uh, I, you know what? Fuck your parents. And Fuck I hope your- that you're not living under their thumb. Oh, okay. We got one more question because we're going out strong. All right. Last question. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, this is per. Are you kidding? You so many gems. Okay, so um, it feels like I'm going on these long rants, but that's I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, what's one piece of advice you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers? Recognize that they are also people who might be having a bad day. Um, I just remember I was at a pharmacy because I, yeah, like, I needed to pick up because I waited too long and I had truly taken the last pill in the bottle the day before. And I was like, I got to get these pills today because my doctor says I have to take these pills every day. Okay. So I go and I'm waiting in line and the woman before me is just losing her mind. She's like screaming at them like, well, they're like, ma'am, the thing that you used, like the number was wrong. And she's like, well, it worked before. And it was like, well, when you touch it to the machine and it like, says that the card's not reading. That means that like the card's not reading. And she's like, well, I'm going to get my boyfriend on the phone to get the pin and make sure da, 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 da. And it's like, okay, you can do that. But like, I, that's not something I can help you with. Like, that's like a you issue. And she's like, well, the number worked before. And she's like, I, I'm not Mr. My last name is not city card. <laughs> like my last name is not like Mr. Bank. This. Like, yeah. It's like, Citibank, like, like, that's not like, I can't like we, she's like, and she's like demanding to get someone higher up. And she's like, the lady's like, did you, did you, is there an issue with the, the, this? And she's like, and she's like, well, see the machine still needs the number. And I can only tell you what this lady just told you. So like, um, and she's like, well, I'm going to go. And it's like, you can get mad. And then like, I was like the next person in line. And I was like, Hi. Hey. <laughs> I, I just want this small thing. So Sorry. hope you guys are doing okay. Good luck. <laughs> you know, like these people have probably dealt with crazies and bullshit and yeah. a lot of other things. So I recognize that you're going to, sometimes you're going to have a moment and sometimes you're not going to react with like the grace that you want to, but genuinely keep in mind that these people are it's not like they're trying to sabotage you. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, right. They're not actively working against you getting what you want. It behooves them to get you out of the line in a way faster. So help them help you. <laughs> yeah, I have I have said that so many times, and I will go. I will crisply die saying it. I 
I don't understand why people think that the person behind the counter or at the table or the bartender or the whomever is somehow trying to make the process more difficult purposefully. Maybe there are some psychopaths that that's their shit. Maybe. But like it's when I worked at a comedy club, it's like I'm not making you get two drinks because I like having this interaction where you're just radiating rage at that rule like that. I didn't sign up for that. I literally Mm -hmm. like I got to wear clothes when I come to work. You got to wear clothes to walk in here you also happen to have to buy two drinks like i can't i ain't invent the rules there there are signs everywhere everywhere making sure you know that yeah like this is the exchange and now i don't word it in pass so i totally agree with you that both sides can have a bad day um and is there anything else you wish people knew about just customer service in general this is about i think customer service about a lot of jobs that what you're when you make the assumption, though, this shouldn't take very long. It's just a simple process of this, that, and the third. And you're like, well, this takes five minutes. That takes eight minutes. And the third actually takes 15 minutes to do. And you're going to be pissed as hell if someone runs through all those and it doesn't work or you don't get the results that you want. So like things take the time that they take. And while that's frustrating, things do take time. And while you're like, oh, get me behind there so I can just fix it and I'll do it faster. Actually, there's a whole process in place. (laughs) And like, people aren't just doing this because they like wasting your time. Like, things take the time they take. And please just respect the fact that it takes, like, like the pizza lady. It's like, a pizza has to bake in an oven. And I respect the fact that you want to be out of here, but you didn't choose a location that says like fresh baked pizzas. It's not just like they're sitting there and you just point to a slice and we put it in a box and then you go. We actually have to like cook it and that takes Takes time. time. That's right. And it's, you're just going to have to be patient because things take the time that they take. I love that. Well, Kinney's, how can people get in touch with you? Do you want to give out your socials? Uh, How can people hear the album? Because by the time this airs... I'm glad you said socials. I was like, my social security number? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And your mom's maiden name and your first pet's name. Social, mom's maiden name, childhood pet. Yep, I'm writing it Um, all down. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So fortunately, my mom gave me a name that no one else has. So I get to be Kenise Mobley on all the platforms. So check me out on Twitter, on Instagram, on what's that new one? New one. I'm a million years old. Uh, TikTok. TikTok. On Hive. (laughs) I'll probably have the other ones that they make because why not just grab it? I don't have to do anything with it, but I just don't want malicious parties to take it and then pretend to be me. So word. Okay. And uh, how can people hear your album? Because by the time this airs, your album will be out. And Oh, it is out. It was out December 9th. It is so out. it's out. It is out. Yeah. Uh, so the record label would prefer me to say, buy it. Uh, spend money on iTunes or Amazon Music or other services have music stuff. So spend money on it there. But if you don't want to do that because you don't want to commit to someone who you don't necessarily know is funny yet, you can listen to it on Spotify. And then based on that, subscribe to stuff because those numbers help me too. Yeah. So like it, rate it, you know, be like, hey, I liked this. And then it puts it in front of other people or be like, oh my gosh, she is funny. And then go follow me on the socials so that companies, when they're thinking of hiring people, will say she is a valuable human 
being. She does have the number of followers that we deem valuable. And so that helps me. Thank you. Heavy sigh, but it's the truth. So go find Kenise on all the things. Yeah, it totally is. I've worked in the hiring side and just to hear them be like, "Uh, this person has how many Twitter followers? No. Less than 10,000? Bye. We're Mm going to probably go with someone who has more Twitter followers. So yeah. Yeah. Please, please follow me because it does help. It does. And it's K-E-N-I-C-E and then M-O-B-L-E-Y, correct? Yep. That's, that's how you it. find it. Okay. Well, folks, we're going to drop your checks now. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us out at Service from Hell, we'd love to have you subscribe, rate, and or review the show wherever you listen. It will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind and will be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry. If you want to get in touch with us directly here at Service from Hell, send us your receipts to servicefromhellpodcast at gmail.com. We always love hearing from you. Remember, if you can't afford to tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way. Thanks, Kenise. It was lovely having you on and getting to know you. This was a great episode and everybody find Kenise on everything. Thank you so much. Thanks, folks, for listening. Good night. 